This week is Stephen. My name is Stephen. I have to begin with an apology. I am a day late, hundred dollars short. <laughs> that was uh, was for my grandma. She used to say that all the time. I think her or my dad, uh, both of whom have gone on to their reward. God rest them both. But uh, they used to say that all the time. One of them did. Maybe both of them. I don't know. Anyway, we're a day late. If that matters to you, if you are paying attention, I'm sorry. Uh, I've had uh, things going on, but I've also just had things. Sometimes this is the problem that I have because I only have one. I've whittled life down to one singular problem. Not really. This is a problem that I have. The more... The more I think about things, the less I want to talk about them, and the more serious the issue. This is an interesting um, phenomenon that I've experienced in my life. When I was younger, I loved to sort of um, provoke people to conversation. I loved to provoke people with, um, you know, by saying things that I knew they disagreed with or by uh, shocking them with a point of view they might not have expected that I would have. I enjoyed that sort of, I guess, getting the goad. Uh, is, it, is that an expression? I don't know if people say that anymore. Um, that's, I used to love that kind of thing. I used to love uh, getting under people's skin and being controversial. I, I whatever sort of scale that applied in, in my life and the work that I did, I used to, as I've mentioned, I used to be a pastor and I went to a Christian university when I was in college and, um, I loved sort of um, messing with folks who were particularly legalistic or particularly opinionated because I am also equally opinionated. Um, and I really enjoyed, I don't know, I guess arguing. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of a really fancy way to say it, but I loved debate, and debate's a really nice way of saying arguing. Um, all that's gone. I, I think. I think almost a decade in vocational ministry and almost a decade of ministry in a, in a faith tradition with which I had serious disagreements, um, I think it just beat all that out of me, just beat me to hell, you know, just, just wore me down. So I don't like, I don't want to argue anymore. But, but here's the thing, though, like there are still things about which I feel very passionately. Let me, let me back up. This is a question I, I have, and I wonder if I want to have more questions than answers this particular time around. Although, have I ever had any answers, I ask myself? Another question. Also, let me say, too, that I am actually recording this in a public space. Um, I'm in the middle of a train station. Not really. <laughs> I'm at work, and there are folks uh, doing their working things all around me. So forgive any extraneous noises. Anyway, here's my question. If you're, a, if you're a churchgoer, or if you hold any particular faith belief or religious tradition or worldview, or not, not worldview, let's say you're part of a religious organization, is it important to you that all the folks who are also in the same organization think the way you think predominantly? Or let me say it this way. Is it important to you that the codified belief system, the, the statement of faith, if you will, the deposit of belief is it important to you that you agree with all the tenets of your particular denomination or religious organization? In other words, if you're a Southern Baptist, and Southern Baptists believe in a thing uh, commonly called eternal security, the idea that once a person experiences salvation, they can never be lost, right? Let's say you just don't agree with that. Let's say that you think that 
it can be lost. Could you be a Southern Baptist? Would it be okay with you? Could you, could you agree with enough other things um, that you could overlook that one? Um, let's say, let's go a different direction. Let's say you're a member of, um, what would it be? Some Armenian faith tradition, or let's say you're, uh, you go to a Pentecostal church where folks there think that if you die in the midst of a sin, there's a chance you might go to hell. So you need to kind of rededicate your life. And if you're backslidden, you need to get born again, again, and all that stuff. Let's say you go to one of those churches and you love a lot about it. And you're really kind of all in, except for the fact that you believe that God's salvation endures right? That nothing is stronger than God's ability to save. And so if a person has become saved, and I'm using a lot of churchy religious language, so if you've already checked out, we'll see you next week. Um, But, you you know, you believe that, um, well, salvation is eternally secure, but you believe all the other Pentecostal stuff. Could you be a Pentecostal? Would you need to find a Southern Baptist church? Would Would you need to find a church that that matched up with what you believed. When I was a when I pastored in Southern Illinois, I was on this tiny little um, public access or local broadcasting TV show called Ask the Pastor. Man, I loved it. Uh, I loved being on TV. Uh, I loved the chance. It was really it was a call in show, and I think write in where folks would call in and say, "Hey, I have a question for the panel." And there was a panel of four or five pastors from a variety of evangelical uh, Christian denominations. Um, so I'd ask the question, and you know we would answer it on a lot on live TV, and that was a lot of fun. But one of the times I was a member of the panel, a pastor from a Baptist church in the area was there, and he was talking um, at some length about the idea, about this idea, that he didn't understand how a pastor could work for a church he didn't agree with 100. Um, percent And my experience has been far different. I I never um, my, my first. Job was at a Southern Baptist church, then it was at a, at a series of Pentecostal churches, and I didn't agree with all the theology of either of those faith traditions. Frankly, if you threw a rock now, well, that's a bad, that's a bad way of saying it. If you picked any uh, Christian denomination today and ran through all the things they believed and all the things in which they did not believe or did not confess or whatever, I, I wouldn't agree 100% with any of them. Is that okay? I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, because we've just started going to a, a new church. Uh, it's a new church here in the town where we live, and we've actually really enjoyed it. I felt a really, uh, a real strong affection for the for the little community of faith that it is. It's a small church. Um, I won't get into details because I don't want to sort of lose the thread of the conversation down this rabbit trail of what actual specific denominations believe, although I've actually been doing that already, but I'm going to stop now. But we've been going to this church, and I know for a fact that they don't, that the, the, the things they believe, the things that they would believe on, whether they're issues of orthodoxy, well, those I'd probably all agree on. Whether it's maybe social issues, I, I know there wouldn't be 100% agreement. But I've been thinking, I don't know if that church exists, and so should I, should I continue to not go anywhere? Or should I go here, and should I allow the Spirit to lead me into the conversations that maybe need to happen or could happen around issues I don't that we don't think the same on and just see what kind of fruit those conversations might bear. You know, I was thinking too, if I went to a church where I agreed with everybody on everything, and frankly, there were times in my life when I've wanted that so desperately. For so long, I've been the oddball, right? I mean, that's, I've been the, the guy who didn't believe in the main denominational distinctive. I, I was the guy who voted for the other guy for president when everybody else in the church was praying that that, that guy would not get elected. I mean, I, I've just been a member of the fringe um, for so long that there are times when all I want to do is, is to be just right in the center of the 
the median, like the, just the norm. I want to be just like everybody else. But I, I've been thinking about how maybe that's not even the healthiest thing. P- perhaps, perhaps the church I'm going to, in a sense, needs me there to be a, a voice of dissent, but in the best possible way. And maybe I need to hear why they think the way they think they think about whatever the issue might be. Maybe, maybe iron can't sharpen iron if we always agree on everything. Now, here's where it gets tricky. There's some issues that are really important to me. I, the way, maybe this is it. It's occurring to me now even as I talk, so thanks for, thanks for joining. Maybe it's the way we disagree. Maybe it's the way people hold to different beliefs because I, I think it's possible for folks to worship in the same row, in the same church, on the same Sunday or Saturday and hold to you know, hold deeply held beliefs that uh, are contrary to each other, but still find a way to love each other and to find a way to talk about their beliefs uh, in a fashion that actually builds up the body. I think that's true. Maybe, maybe the problem comes when the disagreement creates behavior that's just not Christ-like. Maybe that's what it is, because there are some issues, and certainly issues uh, surrounding uh, human sexuality and homosexuality, particularly in the church in America today, where it's not just that people disagree, it's that people are hateful in the way they disagree and in the way they live out their particular convictions. I will say this, and this may be unpopular. I don't know. Only six of you will hear this anyway, so please, if at least three of you just sort of, you know, not hate me, I'd be okay. I do think it's possible to be wrong on an issue in something like the right way. So here's what I mean to say. I believe that churches should be and to use sort of the common vernacular today, open and affirming. I believe they should be that there should be welcome for all. But I don't know that I would stop going to a church if if I knew that other folks in that church didn't feel that way. I don't think that I don't think that's the answer. I do think that if those other folks were living out their conviction in a way that was unloving uh, and to the best of their ability to do so, unchristlike then maybe then I wouldn't go. So here's what I mean to say. I think if someone interprets the Bible as saying that homosexuality, for example, this is the hot button issue of the day, isn't it? If someone at a church I attended believed that homosexuality was a sin, I don't think that in and of itself should preclude me from worshiping with them. Yes, I think they're wrong. But should I then sort of in my own way cast them out? Is that actually accomplishing anything? If they believe that homosexuality is a sin and are treating people in a way that doesn't match up with the example that Christ gives us of love, period, then yes, maybe I shouldn't go there. But not just because we disagree, for Pete's sake. We're never going to get anywhere if we draw these lines that aren't meant to be drawn. So should I go to a church where folks aren't actually attempting to live after the example Christ gave us? No, I don't know if I should do that. Maybe that is what speaking truth to power looks like, is saying, hey, wait a minute. I think you've, inter- you know, whether I think you've interpreted the Bible correctly or not, you're actually just being a bit of a jackhole, right? That's one thing. But if something else is say, hey, listen, we've read the same sacred scriptures and we've prayed to the same God. And we've, come, we've come down on the opposite side of this issue. And I actually think you're wrong. And I, and I would love to have a chance to talk to you about it. But let's, let's continue to worship together, together. Let's just worship together. And let's pray for each other. And let's talk about how we got to where we got. Let's talk about our journey. Let's talk about the, our lives and how we got here and what we've been through. That's better, isn't it? I, that's what I'm beginning to think. I don't know. I don't know anything. All I know is that I think that, yes, I think sometimes the heart of God is broken. If I can anthropomorphize for a moment. 
I think the heart of God breaks over the way his children, all of his children, certain, certain segments of his children, of, of his family are treated, yes. But I also think his heart breaks for the way that his body um, wars with itself. It is okay to believe that you are right, but there is a right and a wrong way to be right, and there is a right and a wrong way to be wrong. When I worked in a Pentecostal church, I, I did not believe in a very specific distinctive. There was this thing called initial evidence. Uh, you can Google it. I won't get into it, but I didn't believe in that. And maybe, you know, looking back now, I would like to think, I, I, I wish it could have been possible for me to shepherd and pastor the sweet folks of the church where I worked for most of the time in a way that that honored them and blessed them and encouraged them while disagreeing with them on this particular issue. Um, and actually, to be honest, for a few years, that is actually what happened because there was grace. They showed me grace, and I, I hopefully I showed them grace in, in terms of not seeing eye to eye on this theological issue, but finding a way to navigate around um, our disagreement and to talk about it. I loved talking about why I felt the way that I felt and hearing them describe how they felt and why they felt that way. But there came a point when it just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And there was a, a small period of time at a different church when it, I wasn't extended grace and it got ugly. And yeah, that, that wasn't fun. I don't know. I'm not sure why I share that now, except to say that I, I think we have to learn how to love each other through uh, these things instead of waiting. And because here's the thing otherwise, we don't really do the we don't really do Jesus any good. If the only people we're willing to love are the people who look and think and act and sing and believe just like we do, that honestly can't be the call. It's like what I was saying last week about grace, right? How we've begun to administer grace according to our standards. It's the same thing with it's really the same thing with 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 love, right? And the way we treat each other. No, no, no. I'm going to stop because I sense a soapbox moment coming on. I don't think that'd be helpful. So here's the question. I don't know how you want to answer the question. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You could, I guess, you could Twitter me. <laughs> you could tweet me at, at SJ McClure. Uh, there's a Facebook page, uh, StephenJMcClure.com. I mean, however, let's figure out a way to have a conversation, even if it is just six of you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you have to agree with everything that your church or faith group believes to be a part? Do you have to, is there a certain percentage are there certain things that you, you just can't, you won't, you won't give any ground on? Tell me, uh, teach me a bit. I, I have much to learn from you. Um, let's try the Twitters at S J McClure, S J M C C L U R E. I'm going to download that app right now in the belief and the hope that you're going to tweet me 
about this issue and I'll tweet you back that on my word, I'll respond to every legitimate tweet I get. That's just how I am. That's the way I do. Yeah, check out the website, stephenjmcclure.com. You got the Don't Trust This Man stuff on the YouTubes. All that information's on the website. I'd love to come talk to you in person. Man, nothing would make me happier than to come talk to you in person about your faith, about your church's faith, about your journey. Um, I would just love to. It's all there, stephenjmcclure.com. Thanks so much this weekend, Stephen. My name's Stephen. Until we're together again, listen, be nice. Be kind, be hopeful, be well. Bye.